I'm Jake Thompson, and this is the Better Than Yesterday podcast. What's up? Welcome to the first episode of 2017 for the Better Than Yesterday podcast. I'm your host, Jake Thompson, Chief Encouragement Officer here at the show and for Compete Every Day. I'm excited you're joining with us this week as we welcome in Baylor Barbie. Baylor is a successful motivational speaker, author, and triathlete. I swear he is the world's biggest triathlete, and the guy has some even bigger goals coming for 2017. His newest book, Wintality, just released at the end of December, and so we dive into the mindset that is Wintality and how you can apply that to win in your own life, as well as his journey from college football player down at Baylor to being a triathlete and motivational speaker. What led him on that journey from college athletics to now impacting people within corporations, boardrooms, schools, and beyond? I think you're really going to enjoy this week's episode. But before I dive into this week's show, just wanted to let you know, if you ever want to get in contact with the show, you can visit the website betterthanyesterdaypodcast.com or drop us a direct email to podcast at competeeveryday.com. Now let's welcome in Baylor. What's up, everyone? I am back for another episode of the Better Than Yesterday podcast. I'm joined today with Baylor Barbie. Baylor, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Happy to be here. So Baylor is the biggest triathlete I've ever seen in my life. Uh, how tall are you? 6'4". Uh, 6'4", oh. 241 pound triathlete. So is that an advantage in the swim, but not the run portion? or? Well, see, what I realize is the only real advantage it has is in product placement. You know, uh, you're not going to miss me. I kind of stand out there and, you know, people before the race think, hey, you look like an athlete. I was like, guys, and once we start swimming, they realize, oh, it's a little bit different. <laughs> Uh, then they realize the uniforms look really good, though. Uniforms look good, and sponsors love it. So, <laughs> so how? So you played college football. So let's go back to that. How did you go from playing football to eventually getting into triathlons? Because that's a very, even though competitive, right. it's a very different type of football. You're going four to five seconds rest. Triathletes, you guys are going nonstop right. for hours. Well, after football, which I played my entire life. Um, I kind of had a period where I really wasn't doing anything because, you know, your whole life when you play high school football, college football especially, is, you know, people are telling you where to be, what to do, and you always have an agenda, you always have a schedule, you always have somebody on top of you. And so after I was done with football for the first time in my life at 22 years old, I had no nobody over me, nobody making me do anything. So I just kind of let myself go. And I remember one day walking by the mirror, uh, this is in 2011, it was like, oh, what is that? I mean, literally, you know, because you don't really realize it when you're just hanging out, having a good time. And I was just like, this cannot happen. I gotta, I gotta do something to, to. I can't look like this. I gotta get back in shape. And I was literally sitting there. I was like, what would be something fun to do? You know, I, I hated running, so I knew I was gonna do that every day. And so I was just like. I had a friend on Facebook, I looked and he had just done a triathlon. I was like, triathlon, that sounds, I didn't have a bike, wasn't a swimmer by any means. And but that's running. It, well, I, it's just a part of it though, you know, <laughs> I couldn't run every day, but in my mind I was like, you know, again, what's more macho than like, I don't want to do one sport, let's do three sports back to back to back. And so I just made a decision, I was like, I'm going to sign up and do a triathlon, and this is in 
I think October of 2011. Keep in mind, I had never ran more than like one mile at it, like ever, like before that. And I decided I was like, in May, I'm doing this Olympic distance triathlon, and uh, went went on that journey. Dude, that's awesome. So, how many now have you done? Oh, I can. I've done a couple uh, half Ironmans, a lot of Olympic distance sprints. Um, I don't even know anymore. You done a full? I haven't done a full yet. That, that's that's on the agenda, but. Uh, Still working my way up on that. Okay, so what what was the hardest half you've done? Austin. Austin was the hardest half by far. Um, the mount, or I say they say hills. They were mountains that we had to <laughs> bike over. I mean, it was it was terrible because I didn't train in my wetsuit and I had lost a lot of weight. And so when I jumped in the water for the first time, my wetsuit filled up with water. And the uh, little rip cord that you pull your wetsuit off with got wrapped around my arm. So a hundred feet into the race I realized this is not good because I couldn't fully extend and you know I had actually had that was the first time I had a I always do custom uniforms for my jerseys and I had had a, a breast cancer awareness uniform is pink so I'm six four black <laughs> triathlete wearing a pink uniform but uh what I did is I said it had the pink ribbon it said for racing for those living fighting and lost and with fans, I had let them submit stories of people they knew they were fighting it, beat it, or, or passed away from breast cancer. I printed all their names on the jersey because I was like, I want us all to cross the finish line together. Well, people showed up at the race. So, you know, I have literally fans out there. I mean, they're like the announcers, like, you know, is Baylor Barbie out there? Wave your hand. We're all floating in the water. People are looking at me crazy because, you know, they're ready to start the race. And so 100 feet in, I'm like, oh, no, I can't fully extend. This is not good. I mean, it was all time. So I had to doggy paddle 1.2 miles. Oh, God. But see, also, you can't let people down, though. I was like, I'm, I'm here racing for y'all. You're getting up at, I mean, this is five something in the morning. Your fans coming. And uh, so that was just a struggle just to make it that far. Uh, but then the bike was just atrocious. That's the, the word I would define it. I mean, in Austin, that was, a, that was bad. But, uh, you know, by the time you hit the ground, you know, it's a weird sport when you have 13 more miles and you're like, okay. I only have 13 more miles and I'm on the ground. It's basically over, you know, after the little 56-mile shindig on the bike. So, God, uh, But, you know, people were wrecking. There was some – it was. It wasn't the best. The longest I've done is a – I've done a half. I did a half marathon, not a try, a half marathon, and I couldn't walk for a few days afterwards. So right. I can't imagine <laughs> – all of that prior, plus I, if I had a doggy paddle, I would have sunk right to the bottom. Right, I mean, I, it was close. So what, when going through that, because that sounds like a painful experience, even though you've trained for it, do you have like during races, do you have mantras, do you have something you're telling yourself over and over again when it sucks, or do you just completely zone out? I, well, actually, I, do, I really kind of treat it a lot like life in the fact that, you know, you have three different sections, but let's say you have, you know, your family life, you have your 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 work, you have your friends, you can't think about one while you're at the other, you know, because it's too much to do in a day. If you start, times in my life when I think about it, I got to do so many things today, I get nothing done. So when I'm in the swim, I literally just think, get out of the water. I mean, that's just all I think about is, is the water. And you have these things called transitions, you know, going from the swim to the bike and then the bike to the run. And in that little two minutes, you have to completely forget about what you just did. You know, that, that swim is over, how I felt about everything about that water. I gotta leave that behind. It no longer matters. And and what I've tried to do is is kind of set that as a new energy thing. So if I leave that you know behind me, I can now focus on focus forward. 
instead of, you know, it's not the type of race where you can run thinking about what you've had to do. You have to think about what's in, ahead of you. So I always try to do that. You know, when I get on the bike, I literally just think up, down, up, down. Like, I just try to count my up, downs and really try to enjoy it. The bike, you know, I, I, what I try to realize is, though it's hard, I ask myself, I'm like, you know, how blessed I am that the worst thing that I'm going through in my life right now is figuring out how to race against other people on streets and cities on Sundays. I mean, you know, when you put it in perspective, yeah. it's like I get to be out here doing I could be asleep or at brunch happy hour or whatever it is, but I have the opportunity to do this to compete against myself. And, and that's really what it's about to me because, you know, by the time you get to the run, um, and this is really why when I first got into these was about this, is can you beat you know, the, the, the voice between your ears that says, you can't do this. What are you doing? You're an idiot. You're too much bigger than these guys. You're, what are you doing? Not fast. You, you know, that's why I got into it. And, you know, the reason I even started running and stuff, I was like, wow, if I could get good at things that I hate and be disciplined enough to do the things that I don't like, how much better will I be at the things that I enjoy, love to do? And so, so let's talk about some of those things you love and enjoy to do. You do a ton of speaking. You are a speaker. You've got a book coming out later this month. Uh, and this is, we're recording it December 13th. This will be dropping at the end of December. And your book is releasing on what date? December 28th. December 28th. So mentality is it. So let's go back a little bit before we talk about the release. How did you get into speaking? How did you get into sharing kind of your messages with Different audiences. Well, actually, what happened was it was based off of a, a mistake, and uh, and I say that, and I'll explain it. But you know what? The only thing I tell audiences now is is I'm a professional mistake maker. You know I, what I learned a long time ago is you figure out what you're good at, and people always tell me that. Figure out what you love to do and do that. Well, I make mistakes is what I do, but I learned that if I you know I can pass them along, then it becomes speaking points. They're not just mistakes. Uh, what happens? You know I played college football, and um, I was in doing hip hop music after that, and so we're always had a platform, always things like this, but I was doing it for me. And I, I had a relationship girl I did in college for four or five years. And one day she's like, I'm done. I've had enough. And, and me, you know, cause I went to Baylor university. My name's Baylor. Like, you know, you believe the hype after a while. And so, you know, she left, walked away. I was like, whatever, whatever. And then one day it just kind of hit me. I was like, all right, self, what if hypothetically self, um, she was right. Like, what if you weren't right all the time? And, and I remember looking in the mirror, and this is in 2009, and just like the mirror shattering. And I was like, what have I become? This is not, who am I? You know, who's this monster I, you know, I created? And I made a conscious decision, really, to just be a good person. That was my sole goal. It wasn't like, I'm going to go speak and tell the world this. It was like, I'm going to be a positive, good person. And so I'd get on social media and just say, you know, positive things. And typically, if you go against what everybody else is doing, you know, large part of social media is uh, very negative. Um, you tend to get results. And then, you know, it turned into like, hey, can you come tell our youth group this? Can you come tell our elementary school this? I mean, I did elementary, I was a character named Johnny Bad Decision who would try to bully kids and get them to do drugs. And, uh, you know, the kids would like boo Johnny because they knew he was, it was bad. But I loved it. You know, it was like, I mean, like, I think it's, it was almost like theater. But, you know, they really, and then one of the kids wanted, you know, Johnny to come back for Christmas and, and things like that. And then it turned into, you know, can you do this middle school? Can you do this? youth soccer team, you know, anybody, people wanted to hear a message based off just being positive. And so it really wasn't that I planned to get, it wasn't like a goal that I had. It wasn't something I set out to do. I just wanted to set out just being positive. And people kept asking me and it grew. And then next thing you know, you're doing 
college athletic teams, you're doing Fortune 500 companies and keynotes and things like that, and you look up and like, huh? And uh, but but my message is, I mean, my how I approach it hasn't changed. I want to have fun with it and I want to help people, and uh, if that's the medium currently that I'm doing it in, you know, then that's what I do. I don't try to. Tell myself, I'm just going to speak or I'm just going to do this. I was like, I want to reach people with mistakes that I've made so that they don't make them. You know, I don't want to be the guy that's like, here's 27 steps to change your life. But, you know, if there's 10 doors, I've probably gone down nine of the wrong ones. I can tell you about those. And then hopefully you're inspired enough to make your own decision. Hopefully it's the 10th door. <laughs> so what, over the course of the last seven years or so, doing this speaking, putting out this positive message and, and who you are, how do you maintain personally a positive mindset uh, because like you said, social, me- social media is filled with negativity. Uh, the world around us, most people have a, a poor attitude from a, maybe a poor self-esteem or just a poor approach of, of everything around them. And so when you have that positive mindset, you stand out. How are you able to maintain that? Or what do you do to, to daily kind of check yourself to make sure you have that positive message? I, well, I surround myself with very few people, but very good people. Um, to be honest, like, you know, I, I tweet a lot or, or, you know, put a lot of messages out on social media, but I'm not really involved in social media from the reading standpoint. Just because, um, you know, it's just not it's not a lot of good stuff going on there. I think a lot of times people put their best foot forward, and if you're not careful, you know, everybody has bad days. And if you're having a bad day and everybody's putting their best foot forward, it would seem over time, hey, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing well. And so I encourage people, I say, get off social media. You know, I try to actually live life. If I'm in a new city... I just walk around. I don't even like to drive. I just want to walk around with no goal, no plan. Just experience new things. These are things that I ultimately get to talk about. So I try to be just, you know, observer of life, really. And and I think that's helped me because when you when you look around, I was just like, my job, quote unquote, is to stand on stages and tell stories. Like I love. It. I mean, that's to me the best job ever. Like I think, you know, and and, and others may differ, but by being able to just remind myself daily, like you're getting to do what you love to do and if you keep working hard at that you'll always get to do what you love to do so it's motivation for me but then you know I think the biggest thing is is when somebody does something because of something they heard you say you know like the other uh, little while back I spoke to a, at a some event and a lady who's in her 50s she said you know I always wanted to be a nurse but my family told me I'm too old and you know school and it's expensive and this and that and you know I heard your speech and you know I think I want to go for it Anyway, she mailed me a copy recently of her acceptance to nursing school. So when you get things like that, it's just like, how could I ever get tired of this? Because, you know, I think it's kind of like the rock and the pebble. I might say something that causes somebody to be the next great, you know, Mark Zuckerberg or Mother Teresa or whatever it is. And so I think that that's what's exciting. It's like, I don't know who's in the audience listening, and I don't know what they're capable of, and I don't know what part of my speeches they're going to take, but knowing that you could impact somebody's life that impacts a whole lot more that's it just keeps me going dude that's awesome and that's i mean that obviously is is very apparent of what drives you and and fuels you because speaking is not an easy business it is some long hours sometime and it's not the luxury hotels that people imagine (laughs) uh and so that's that's awesome so moving forward you've got mentality about to come out and so i'm assuming you're doing a lot of talking on this now you're sharing this mindset that's what we're about to start doing. Okay, uh, so that's 2017. So let's talk. What What is in store for people in 2017 coming from your life? Okay, well, this is what's... Well, you're getting... We're going back to the basics, really. And, and what I say is my last book was in 2014. And it was called Idea of Excellence. And I assumed 
that everybody wanted to reach the mountaintop. Uh, I made a wrong assumption. I assumed everybody wanted to get up every day and be a go-getter and, and shoot for the stars. But, you know, the more, especially corporate speaking I did, the more I realized a lot of people think, A, winning is de- predestined for certain people, not them, or they're just happy with uh, mediocrity. Um, and, and the large majority of people, it's just a fear thing. And so I was just like, I can't tell people to climb this tough mountain if they don't have the mindset to do it. So what I want to do is put a winning mentality inside people. So with mentality, um, th- that's really what I put into people. And what I did for mentality is I watched every documentary you could ever find on lions. And, and the reason I did that was, you know, lions often, you know, don't eat for a week. It's a hundred and something degrees on the Serengeti. You know, they have every excuse as to why they couldn't catch something. And so I started thinking about this. What is it about a lion? You know, we talk about being lion-hearted and all this. But no, not that. But literally, what is it about a lion that it can focus in, trail something for two hours, creep up on it, have its you know eyes focused on a specific gazelle, a specific zebra, block out everything else that's going on, block out the other herds of this and that, block out the fact it's hungry, that it's, hungry it's dehydrated, and, and just focus on what it needs to do and, and then attacking it like it's life or death. I was like, what if we could put that mentality into other people? What if we had this, um, you know, the formula I use for the book is, is ambition plus action minus excuses. And I think that's a big part, equals results. And so that's really what I want to do. I'm going to spend the whole, I don't know, year and, and, and I don't even know how long after that. But I want people to eliminate those excuses. I want people to be just so keenly focused on something, whatever it is, whether it's a, you know, in the book, one of the things I say is, you should have a motive for everything you do. And I don't think, I think we have motive being a wrong word, but, you know, even if you're, you're, you're going out with your spouse, going out with your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it is, it's one thing to go out and say, I hope that they understand that I appreciate them. But what if your motive was to know, I want this person to know that I value them even more. How much more effective will you be in that date? <laughs> How much more effective will you be at your job? You know, and that's just what I want people to do is getting back to the basics. I think a, a large part of what people are doing now is putting all these rules, all these steps, all these all these things on people. And I realized, I was like, okay, if I'm going to be a, effective at what I do in my job, I can't be filling people with all the things they need to do. And so I took the reverse approach on mentality, and that's what I'll, I'll help other people with. You think about, there's a quote by Michelangelo. Um, he has this big statue of this angel, and he said, I, I saw the statue in the marble, and I chipped away until I freed it. And I think inside each and every one of us is you know, DNA of success. The fact that you're here listening to this podcast by the time you hear it, you're successful. You've made it through a lot of stuff that, you know, other people have quit on. You know, we're, our, our genetics are made of success. So instead of adding into everything, it's like, let's peel back the layers, get back to who we truly are, what we truly love, and, and then bridge the gap to actually get there. Find in ourselves that mindset, not somebody motivating you, but Filling your, you know, fueling your own fire because nobody can put that out. Dude, I love that. So let me ask you this. When you wake up in the morning, how do you ensure that you're going to take a mentality approach for that day? Do you have like a certain morning routine? Do you have something you do every day that you're like, this I, This is my approach today. This is who I'm serving. This is what I'm doing. I, I just... I wake up because I work out every single every day at 6 a.m. So all I try to I make sure that when I wake up, you're either on that bike, in that pool, or on that street by 6 a.m. And I try not to think before there. Um, honest, I mean, I know it sounds counterintuitive, but the times I wake up, if you give yourself time to 
think nobody wants to work out in the morning. I don't care who people say they love to. Nobody wants to do it if you think about it. And so, you know, I either keep my running shoes or my pool bag or, or whatever it is to be that at 6 a.m., no matter what, I'm in whatever, what I'm training that day. And then I do my thinking. Because um, once, once you've already broke a sweat, you're up and you're at them. And so, um, but I think it's key for me is to start early. Because the later anything you do in the day, the less chance it gets done, in my experience. So if I can be done my whole day by 11 a.m., then I can really get in, you know, some of my other <laughs> yeah, things no, I have to do. The, ti- the more tired you are throughout the day, the more energy you drain, the harder it is to make those disciplined decisions. Right. I, I like the fact that you just you get up and start work. Essentially, you're Go. doing work <laughs> somewhere, pool, bike, on the road running. Uh, so that's awesome. So let's talk. I want to throw out a couple questions for right. you that I'm interested in. As someone that has written a book before and you're about to release your new one, what else are you reading? What are you reading right now? What's one of your favorite books you've read in 2016? In 2016, the best book I've read in 2016 was called Essential, Essentialism. It's the disciplined art of less. Just um, literally had it delivered by Amazon yesterday. The single-handedly one of the top three books I've, I've read. Uh, another one that I read uh, this year that's along the same lines by Gary Keller from uh, Keller Williams. And it's called like uh, One Small Thing. Um, how I forgot the extraordinary set. results. Yeah, yeah. Come from little things, and and they both say essentially, both of them have had a profound impact in my life. I mean, like I, said, I read books all the time. I read a couple books a week, but those two I keep coming back to because they literally focused around you got to focus on you know what you're doing, and which was a, a, a large that factored into mentality. You know, going with with you know lions when they're making an attack, they're not just running at the pack. They're running at a specific target, and, and and you know essentialism and one small thing both did that for me. Helped me like have all these things I want to do. I was like, but what's actually moving me forward? You know, I think there's a difference. It's like in swimming. I can slap at the water all day, or I can move through it with seemingly less effort, but focused effort. And so those two, and then um, the third one that I, I read every other month is The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho, and it's a uh, it's fiction per se, but there's so many life lessons. Short book, everybody should read it. Um, it's just about really just kind of finding, you know, again, honing in on what you love and, and chasing that. I love that, man. So business goals are obviously speaking and sharing the mentality message. What's a personal goal you have for 2017? Personal goal for 2017? Oh, one of the big ones that I have is to break the five-hour mark in the full marathon and break six hour mark in the half Ironman. So those are my two um, personal goals as as far as, uh, I mean, I consider athletics like my personal goal, even though. Do you have your races like mapped out yet? I do. What are are the two you're going for? uh, Well, so I start off February 5th at uh, Rock and Roll New Orleans. And then the first Ironman's in April in uh, Galveston. So I have that one. Uh, Then I'm doing... I can't remember one later in the year. My other Ironman is in oh, it's Augusta, in Augusta. So, you know, I want to progressively get better on those. Um, as far as full marathon, either Dallas next year or Honolulu. But I have plenty of half marathons, half Ironman. So it'll be it's a pretty pretty healthy race season. Um, and I got to coordinate with my speaking season. So it. Uh, <laughs> I would say go Honolulu just for the scenery. Right. Even right, though right. we're in Dallas, and it's an <laughs> right. easier commute. I would go with the place yeah, that's cool so, to go. So I've been training for those. I mean, my my um, race season for me ended on last Sunday when I did a half 
marathon in San Antonio, and two days ago, yesterday, Monday, uh, I don't even know what day is today, whatever today is. <laughs> it's Tuesday yesterday, we're recording. Yeah, yeah, yesterday was the first day of training for 2017 um, race season, so you know I got till February 5th, and so I'm, I'm, I'm heavy into that. So. Dude, love it. Start getting a jump start. We were talking today with our community group about everyone was sharing their themes of what their word is for 2017, mm-hmm. what's going to define their year and how they're going to leave their mark. Um, and I challenged all of them to get a head start. Like, why are you, right. Why do you want to wait till January 1st when you wake up to get it? Why not start now on December 13th? Right. And, and, and that's what, you know, I think that's actually funny that you say that. Like, the first chapter of the book, I talk about the very first page of talk about New Year's resolutions. Like, I've never understood why, if you really want to be something, you would wait till a designated day to start that. Like, it just baffles me because, you know, like, if your family member was in, like, and this goes back into having this, this mindset, this is life or death mentality, which I think, you know, you almost have to approach this with. But if you had a family member that was in grave danger, you wouldn't be like, okay, well, on Friday, I'm definitely going to come save. You wouldn't do that because they mean something to you. The problem is we don't care enough about ourselves, I feel like. It's like you'll immediately, you know, too often, I was guilty of too. I'll move house and home, do jump, you know, jump, whatever I need to do to help somebody else, but I was neglecting me. And it's just like what I want people to do, and this sounds, you know, out of context bad, but I want people to be more selfish in 2017. Like when people read Wintality, it, it's, you learn that by being selfish, you get to your best self, and by being your best self, you can help more people. So it's like selfish with a goal. Absolutely. John Acuff, if you're familiar mm-hmm. with him, in his book, Start, talks about that as if pursuing your dreams, uh, as if, excuse me, not pursuing your dreams is makes you a better person because you're more selfless. And he's like, no, like you can help more people if you'll pursue your dreams. Absolutely. And so uh, I love that, man. I love that mindset. Uh, you know, it's it's funny. Tomorrow is a safer place than today in our minds because tomorrow is unknown. And so we always fear that unknown. And so if we push things off to that, we don't have to face it. And so we can just kind of stay within this comfort zone. But as you know, and as I know, change and growth and success is never found within that comfort zone. Ever. So let me ask you this, as kind of a final close, this is the Better Than Yesterday podcast. What advice would you give someone that wants to be better than they were yesterday? What would you say, hey, this is one thing you can do now, start doing today, not tomorrow, to start being better than you were the day before? I think what you have to do is... Keep track of everything. And by that I mean um, I'm big on analytics. But you have to take an analytic, not an analytic mindset, but you have to keep track of your life. If, if you say you want to get better, and, and I hate these people, you know, we talk about goals and things like this, but if you don't act upon it, like you have to take action. That's, that's the big thing. But you have to really keep analytics to see if you're actually making progress. And, and the reason I say that is we have so many people that are just working hard, but they're not going anywhere. You know, and I think that's a big problem because you, you get burned out. And I used to do the same thing. I mean, you, you know, burning both ends of the candle, doing all of these different things, but not actually moving forward. And so I think, you know, you have to know when to go 100%. Don't go 100% all the time. You got to go 100% at the right times. Um, you know, and, and that's one thing that I encourage people to do is, you know, I'll, I'll just kind of run you through it. A little five-step process, which you can memorize this, and this kind of what, when Tally's based around is, and I call this a process of attainment. Um, so the whole book is about, and it's how you can 
pretty much go after anything. And you think about everything has a devised stage first. You have to figure out what am I going to do and what's a loose plan of how I'm going to go about it. Not that you have to stick to that detail because the path will always change, but the finish line can't. You have to keep your finish line. Uh, number two is tries. You have to actually attempt it. Go for it. Number three, you have to realize that in every worthwhile situation, in every worthwhile thing that you're ever chasing, something will go wrong. Learn to embrace that. That's where most people stop because they think, ah, oh, something must be wrong or I'm not doing the right thing. No, that's proof that you're going the right way. So after you have that surprise, you have a revised stage where you just got to step back. You know, and by that meaning, you know, you don't always have to move forward. If you just keep running into a wall, you're dumb to think that if you just keep running into it, the wall is going to fall down. You know, progress isn't measured by if you're always moving forward, it's measured by do you get to your result. So sometimes you have to step back and find that door, find that window, figure out how to jump over the wall, whatever. So you have a device, you have a tries, you have a surprise, revise, and then after that you have a rise stage. That's when the finish line comes into focus. That's when you start coming out of you know what's been holding you back, and you start to you know see the light at the end of the tunnel. And, and everybody's capable of that in every situation um, in life, whether it's relationships, business, personal goals, athletic, physical, whatever it is. Dude, that's awesome. That is spot on. Uh, for everyone listening, I would encourage you to take that advice and start applying it. Baylor, how can people connect with you? How can they find you online? You can find me. Um, Literally any and every social network at Baylor Barbie. It's B-A-Y-L-O-R-B-A-R-B-E-E, -E, uh, BaylorBarbie.com. And like I said, I'm, I'm here for you. If, you, if you're going through things, I want to. I take pride in, in helping people uh, get to where they want to get to. But uh, if you ask me for help, I'm going to make sure to keep you accountable to making sure you get there so that both of our times are effective. But, you know, email me, hit me up, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all of them. <laughs> and the book drops December 28th. December 28th. Where can they find it? They'll be able to get it at Amazon, BaylorBarbie.com, uh, Barnes & Noble's, iBooks. Uh, pretty much if it's a bookstore, they're going to they're gonna have it. Those are the major ones. Dude, awesome. Thank you so much for joining today. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Better Than Yesterday podcast. To contact the show, email us at podcast at competeeveryday.com. To find resources and valuable content that'll help you better compete for your life, be sure to visit betterthanyesterdaypodcast.com. We're excited to have you part of the community and we're excited to see you again next episode.